You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. everybody it's the wrestling life it's episode 129 we're in the first week of september 2017 i'm ethan and i'm liam uh we'd like to apologize for not doing a show last week i was traveling and i took the week off from wwe um maybe a mild (laughs) form of protest after they beat my favorite wrestler took the title off of her again without a successful defense of the championship but actually it was kind of just the circumstances and i missed wwe last week um, and I guess over this past weekend, that was kind of one of the bigger indie events of the year. Ricochet won the Battle of of Los Angeles, PWG's big event of the year, and is probably WWE bound as soon as his Lucha Underground contract will allow. But uh, WWE wise, Liam, uh, let's just any quick hits from last week, other than obviously uh, good news about the Nature Boy, or what didn't we get to last week? Uh, not a whole lot that, that didn't, uh, in some way, you know, continue on this coming week as far as storylines go. Uh, they're just sort of the build has continued for, for the raw pay-per-view and for the, the big SmackDown. And uh, since they don't have a pay-per-view in September, I guess they're doing just a big SmackDown, uh, in, in Las Vegas. So it's mostly, it's been a pretty... Uh, by the numbers week, nothing too uh, spectacular or horrifying um, as some of the stories we've had to deal with over the last few weeks. Although, we'll, although speaking of horrifying, we'll get to SmackDown in a minute here from this week. But uh, yeah, this is this is an emergency recording session that we called after viewing SmackDown this week. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, as far as as far as actual general wrestling news, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, congrats, congrats to Ricochet, and I guess uh, the some of the WWE UK talent won Shikara's King of the Trios as well this week. So big, big weekend for indie wrestling. Cody Rhodes changed the world title in ROH to just a ring. Uh, so, which I actually think is kind of it's dumb, but it's the right kind of pro wrestling dumb that I kind of like. Yeah, so, that's cool. That's cool. What's not cool is Cody Rhodes getting upset about his PWI ranking. Yeah, nobody. That's yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody should be worried about what Bill After thinks of them, especially he, because he hasn't worked there in twenty years. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure, I mean your point is well taken. It's obviously they're they're they will forever, will forever be known as the After Mags, even though After hasn't worked at any of them in twenty years. But yeah it's a it's a work guys uh, recently they just announced that they're not going to work the interviews in the magazines anymore like the, <laughs> the, those magazines have been a complete work a complete fabrication forever uh don't don't worry about it i mean i f- i find that list useful every year in that sometimes you know numbers oh three hundred through four hundred i'll see a name and then i'll recognize that name in indie results and it's kind of a oh be aware of this person like i don't think it's completely useless in that regard but getting upset about your pwi ranking ridiculous absolutely just uh just a silly little bit of 
uh, of wrestling stuff that seems to come out seems to happen. I remember Chris Jericho getting very angry when the Miz was ranked number one a few years ago. Uh, it's just, it's just silly guys. Don't, I, that's, was he, there's... was he, was he really? Because Larry Zabisco tried to sue Jericho one time and he cited PWI pro wrestling illustrated in the lawsuit. And Jericho responded, don't you know, it's all fake. All the quotes in that magazine are made up. So Jericho was actually pissed. Uh, I don't know if he was actually pissed. I mean, I remember he made a point of, of going out of his way to kind of mock it and tweet it. So he may more have just been making light of how silly PWI is more than actually being legitimately angry. But, uh, you know, point being, it's not it's not something worth, I think, getting worked up for over it. Like you said, it, it can be nice. It's a way to kind of maybe get, maybe get some people's names out there. Um, and maybe it's a kind of a way of, gauging sort of the casual almost WWE only fan as to like who's kind of outside of WWE is on the radar of of those types of fans like Okada and Omega even making it into the top 10 and I think the rest were all WWE guys it's like well that kind of shows something that New Japan maybe has a bigger foothold in in the United States wrestling fans mind than they did even two or three years ago but generally speaking, that list, ridiculous to get upset about. <laughs> Raw and SmackDown, not ridiculous to get upset about because it's major, uh, wa- the Walmart of pro wrestling in North America. And Monday Night Raw, I missed, I would say, 90% of Raw because I don't want to turn this into a podcast about my dog, but I spent uh, about two-thirds of Monday Night Raw walking my dog, which I thought was a pretty good idea. Uh, I saw Enzo Amore, and apparently he's going to challenge Neville for the Cruiserweight title. I mean, do you have any thoughts on uh, on Neville? And uh, I really enjoyed the cage match main event. What did you think of Monday Night Raw this week? Yeah, I thought Raw was a pretty good show. There's a lot of good wrestling on it. Uh, John Cena and Jason Jordan had a really fun match at the start of the show. Uh, Jeff Hardy and The Miz had a pretty good match uh, for the Intercontinental title. Um, so it was a lot of... Can Jeff... I'm sorry to interrupt. Can Jeff still go? That's been my, my big question. Can Jeff still go? <laughs> when he's working with a guy who can work down to his speed, yes. Like, he's good at working, the I think, the WWE main event style. He can still do that style. Um, when he was working, I remember he did a singles match with Cesaro a few months ago on Raw, and you could just tell Cesaro was doing everything at about a quarter speed just so Jeff could keep up. So... Um, I think it depends on who he's in there with, or if, or if you saw any of the stuff the Hardys did with the Young Bucks. It's, it's a, you know, you could just see how how much trouble they had keeping up. But yeah, for the WWE main event style, Jeff Jeff still knows how to work. He still knows how to get people invested in his comebacks and his his big moves. So I mean, I I'd be all for seeing Jeff Hardy in in some some more high profile singles action going forward. I caught the beginning of the women segment. Uh, it seemed like I couldn't tell. We've made a point on this show of saying that WWE isn't really booking faces or heels right now. I think the exception to that generally has been the women's division, but I couldn't tell you who the faces and heels are in that program right now either. Uh, what do you think of the women's stuff on Raw? Uh, no reason. Bang, bang. <laughs> um uh, so they did the match where if uh, Naya and Emma won the tag match, uh, 
they would get added to the match. And if Sasha and Alexa won, then it would stay a singles match. And of course, Nia and Emma won. Um, it was it was it was a very weird thing when you say that about them not doing faces and heels, and for the most part, and for some characters, I think that works okay. Like Brock and Braun Strowman, you don't really need like a clear baby face, but when you're doing just like a random women's tag on Raw, and for some reason like Alexa and Sasha are getting the heat on Emma to set up a hot tag to Nia, I got very very confused, and the crowd clearly didn't understand what was happening either and so it kind of makes the crowd die for the entire match um so yeah i mean i didn't it didn't it makes sense based on what they did obviously they did the big deal while while we were off after alexa won the title back from uh that sasha lady uh they had naya do the big uh the evolution uh turn on yeah. uh, on Alexa, and so it makes sense to kind of continue that. And I assume this is just a way to keep that storyline going. Is you probably try to put off doing this Alexa Nia singles match as long as you can, and so this way you can just have Alexa retain and and pin Emma or whatever you're going to do. Um, which would just certainly seem like the obvious point of you know why else would Emma be in the match if not to just. Uh, so they could beat her, but um, right to we'll punish see. her for getting herself over on social media or trying to. Yeah, you know that's 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 generally what they do. So I thought it was. I, I, I like the cage. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I like the cage match main event. What did you think of the main event? Yeah, it was good. I think Ro- I think uh, Big Show and Braun have better matches than Roman and Braun. Mm, that was the best cage match. In a long time, I think. It's uh, mm, I don't know if I, I. I would if you wanted to say that match is better than any of the Braun Roman matches. Yeah, may, ah, maybe, but well, generally no. Nah. I mean, that's I. Well, whatever. You, my policy is generally <laughs> that the Roman and Braun matches have not been all that spectacular. So, uh, mostly because they rely on Roman Reigns selling, which is not Roman Reigns' strong suit. Um. Well, that's that's not what we're talking about here. Yes, the main event was very good. Um, Big Show doing a freaking flying elbow, uh, which looks good. Looks pretty good, by the way. Um, I remember him doing that in, I think, a match against Mark Henry uh, a couple years ago as well. I want to say it was the Madison Square Garden show where The Rock came back um, and did the tag match with Cena. But um, so I'd seen, so I knew the Big Show could do it, but that was also six years ago or whatever. So it's big show six years older and uh, you know, a couple of weight fluctuations ago. And he's <laughs> obviously in, obviously I guess it right now is in one of the, the one of the better physical shapes of his professional career, but still it's a, it's an old, old giant man jumping off the top rope. It's, it was great. They, they worked the crowd very well. The, the super black spot where the ring didn't break and it made the crowd sad, which which was awesome. Um, and in the long run, I mean, and even when they did the uh, the cage breaking spot, it was very safe. You could, I mean, as safe as that kind of thing could be, I suppose. Big Show could have tumbled out and hurt himself, but I mean, Braun basically just you know very softly laid him against the side of the thing and the thing collapsed. So it wasn't. As far as those kind of crazy spots go, it was pretty safe. 
And, uh, you know, Big Show has done everything he can to help uh, Braun Strowman and, and make him into this monster. So I guess the question is, um, I'll, I'll switch things around and ask you a question. Do you do all of this to build up Braun Strowman just to feed him to Brock so you can feed Brock to Roman? Or is it time to pull the trigger and make Braun the champion? Well, I I don't understand why they're doing any of the matches that they're doing at No Mercy at No Mercy. To me, <laughs> to me, the two biggest matches they could do right now are Roman and Cena and Brock and Strowman. And they're doing both of them in September at a random pay-per-view. Like, I know pay-per-view doesn't matter anymore and wrestlemania is going to sell out the stadium probably or come close to it based on the name alone and it doesn't matter what main events what show none of this matters anymore <laughs> but why why are the two biggest matches that the company could do in in september i mean it's so oh. anyway if it were up to me my wrestlemania main event would be stroman and lesnar and i'd put the title on stroman there like i the guy, maybe the guy will flop. I don't know, but what's a flop anymore? Even like I, <laughs> I saw I saw the guy live. I saw the reaction that he got. He has a superstar. He got a superstar reaction. He has a superstar aura. He is not a good worker, but he's learned to do two or three things that get over. And I, I would I would put the title on Strowman at WrestleMania, and I would keep he and Brock apart until then but that's clearly not what they're doing so given what they're going to do yeah i would flip the title here and then get, brock can get it back you know it's five series royal rumble something like that like we gotta we gotta tell some stories here you know what i mean like <laughs> i mean would you be up for like a kind of a three match series like you have braun win it here brock wins it back at say survivor series then maybe you have Strowman win the Rumble and you do do the rubber match at WrestleMania or would, would at that point, would it not feel special anymore? Mm, I'm fine with that kind of long-term storytelling. And like, if you do it, I, but that's just generally not what they do. They like to have like <laughs> f- first time ever matches or um, occasionally like with Rock Austin and what have you, you'll have um, a you know, like a trilogy match over a series of years at Mania, but uh, it just doesn't, it's not what they do. Like if you wanted to do a best of three and have the the third be at Mania, I'd be cool with that, but that's just not what they do, you know? Sure. So I'm just kind of, I'm kind of perplexed as to why they're doing any of this in September. And we haven't really touched on Cena and Roman, but the work shoot stuff, it's 2017. It's just, it's, it never, it's never going to be, like you're never gonna fool anybody. Um, I mean, it was. I mean, people trying to get across that it was unscripted. What what Cena and Roland were saying last week. It's like there's a there's a point in the first promo standoff they did where where Roman forgets his line. Like, how was it was unscripted, but he forgot his line. Okay, um, but anyway. I know I, th- I like their delivery has been good I guess obviously Cena but it's the same feud Cena does with everybody now. He did it with AJ, he did it with Miz and now he's doing it with Roman where the 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 guy comes out and says John Cena you're a part-timer and you're holding people back and you're you know everyone's trying to play the John Cena to John Cena's The Rock from 2011-2012. And like, and every time 
it's just kind of the same thing. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't see the value in just repeating the same Cena storyline over and over again. Um, I mean, the obvious thing is that they're, they're, they've decided they're going to do Brock and Roman at Mania, but I have no idea where that leads, where that leaves Cena. You, I guess you could do Cena and Strowman, but that, for some reason, that doesn't feel like as big of a match as as Cena and Roman for sure. Um, or I guess since he is a free agent, you can move him over and have him wrestle somebody else on SmackDown. But yeah, that them just throwing this Roman and Cena match kind of out of nowhere. Uh, you know, Cena just showed up on Raw and basically they, they just started going at it. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's not what I would do. <laughs> I think that's safe to say, but. And I, I like if you like the work shoot stuff, I guess that's fine. Obviously, the you know punk, even even the ones that like people remember as like the good work shoot angles, like the punk stuff, like that one promo where punks like this is Phil Brooks talking to Paul Levesque. I like that sucked, and <laughs> like like I know people like that era, and it's like punk was awesome, and punk was untouchable in that era. And part of what made him special was, yes, the fourth wall breaking stuff, the promo that he cut in Las Vegas and all that, the, the pipe bomb stuff. But to me, when it got so into the, oh, they're using real names. Oh, look at this insider terminology, all this stuff. It's like, it's just, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just not what I want. Like it, it would be like if on, you know, if you pick a popular show, uh, I don't have time to watch television. I don't know. Um, what? Uh, un- a scripted show? Any show. Just a, literally a show. Uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. So if like one character is getting stabbed to death by another character. I don't know the names of the characters on Game of Thrones because I don't watch it either. Jon Snow. Jon Snow was getting stabbed to death by uh, uh, Sean Bean. Khaleesi. Um, I don't know. Who? Yeah. Um. And he then, uh, after after they have their big fight, he then turns to the camera and such, talking about how it's it's BS, and the other actor is is holding him back. It's like you go, that's that's dumb. It's not what I want. I want to see you fight dragons or whatever that show's about. Um, like, so I just think the idea that in wrestling it's one of those weird holdovers from the Attitude Era, like with the Authority the authority figure versus wrestler storyline that really needs to be retired forever. But, but it's just this weird, that work shoots thing, especially because punk was pretty successful with it. And I guess the Sean Hogan feud, if you want to go back to 2005 was kind of all built around Sean using a lot of insider jabs and, and stuff at Hogan. I guess you could say that as well, but it's just like, it just, it doesn't work for me. To me, it kind of turns it turns off the regular fan who just wants to see the two big men fight each other, and it irritates insider fans who know they're trying to convince them that it's that it's real or whatever. It's just I don't know. It's just work shoot stuff is dumb. Stop doing it. It should stop doing whatever they did on SmackDown this week too. By the way, uh, this show. <laughs> I guess we should start. Uh, they open the show by uh, I don't know doing a eulogy for J- John Bradshaw Layfield. I guess that's a news item too. Layfield's off SmackDown. Uh, claims he gave his notice eleven months ago. 
call me suspicious on that one. And Corey Graves is now now the third man in the SmackDown booth. So Graves is a star. He's on Raw and SmackDown. No, you're not a big Graves fan, but I'm cool with that. Even if he's, I think he's as good as they they allow him to be in that environment. Do you have any thoughts on Corey Graves? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I would just say I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I don't necessarily think he's like. There are people that really think highly of him, and there's nothing wrong with that. You should like what you like, but um, uh, but no, com- compared to JBL, uh, you know, Corey Graves is Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan, and and three other good heel com- commentators rolled into one. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with that. I would love if they got rid of Byron Saxton too. That would be awesome. Um, SmackDown SmackDown opened with a. 20-minute Kevin Owens Shane McMahon segment that had both of us reaching for our phones to text the other to determine whether or not we were both equally livid about this. And I think you're always going to be more livid about uh, Shane's stuff. But there was a show-long storyline. The SmackDown show was not built around Shinsuke Nakamura becoming the number one contender and pinning Randy Orton clean. This was a show-long storyline. Do you have any thoughts on that? It was, it sucks, man. And it's why I mentioned it when I said there's stuff from the Attitude Era that needs to be retired forever. And the the owner versus the wrestler storyline is like the tippy tip top of that list. And and I know the writers right now are probably like, look at this new innovative way. The owner is the babyface this time, and the rebellious cool wrestler is the bad guy for some reason. Uh, I know they're like, wow, this is super innovative. Like, we've done it. We've created a new story revolving around the same stupid story that they always do. But it's not. It's dumb, and it sucks. And Shane McMahon, it's going to end with Shane McMahon having a match with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon doing his stupid punches and wearing his stupid jersey and doing his stupid dance. And it's going to suck. And it always sucks. And, and, he might, he, and he might concuss himself because he's 47 now. Right. That's he's a danger to others and himself when he wrestles. And like and I've said this on the show, I think, and if not, I'll repeat it here. I don't have any personal problems with Shane McMahon the person. He's I'm sure he's a light, nice guy, he's a good family man. He's a he's a family guy. He's a family, family guy. man. Good family man. But and I'm not even saying there's no place for his character on the show. He can come out and do his little dance. And, you know, book a match and then dance away. Like, that's fine. I don't... If you're going to have an authority figure, I prefer a babyface authority figure. I think Kurt Angle just being a nice guy who comes out and makes matches and then goes away is, like, great. Wonderful character. Um, So I... But it's like, he... But the way they will always treat Shane McMahon on the show is he is a bigger deal. He is so tough and cool and more important than the contracted wrestlers that we watch every week in and week out. And when they do the match, it's everyone always goes, well, you know, this wrestler's getting in there with, you know, a top program with the boss's son. They're going to come out better. But it, the story of the match is never, oh, look how badass and cool the actual, you know, regular wrestler is. It's always, look how tough. Look at the courage and toughness of Shane McMahon. Look what a great job Shane did. Look how Shane's built like an NFL linebacker muggle. Like, that's 
that's always the story of every Shane McMahon match is never let's get the guy Shane's feuding with over more. The storyline is always look how tough and cool Shane is. And it's counterproductive to what they should be doing, which is, I don't know, focusing on getting their wrestlers over. Maybe that would drive attendance up. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But it couldn't hurt to actually put some effort into making your stars seem like bigger stars and not having them play second fiddles to 47-year-old fathers. So after the show opened with Owens and Shane stuff, lots of Shane stuff, uh, they had Natalia Russell Carmella, who has a Money in the Bank contract, so I don't know why she couldn't just... Uh, I don't like booking the person with the, with the Money in the, in the Bank against the champion. It's so stupid. Like why? But anyway, so then they had Carmella turn on Ellsworth, and then they got back together later in the show. And then uh, there, Dolph Ziggler was in one of the dirt-worst segments I've ever seen on a... On, <laughs> That was the point where I thought, okay, this might be the worst WWE show I have ever seen. And then Aiden English beat Sami Zayn in like 20 seconds. I mean, Nakamura and Orton kind of saved the show. I mean, (laughs) even that was, I would say, an above average TV main event. But this stood out to me as one of the worst WWE shows I have ever ever seen did you hate anything out the women or the Dolph stuff as much as I did or anything else really poor stand out at you from uh, Smackdown uh, yeah I mean the Dolph thing was just like his gimmick now is that he's mad that people don't like him and so he's going to make fun of other wrestlers who are more popular than him which I don't know I, I don't get it and so they gave him, but they gave him like ten minutes of of TV time, so that he could just like come out to different people's music, and 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 act like a goof. And it, it sucked. Dolph Ziggler, like, what? Regardless of what all of the mean things I have ever said about Dolph Ziggler, what do most people like about Dolph Ziggler? His wrestling, bell, right? Bell to bell to bell. Right. So what do they have? They have him talk for like ten minutes. That's that's the opposite of what people want. Even if you're the biggest Dolph Ziggler fan, like you that's know, the opposite of what you would want. You know what? It's it's you know what it's going to do, Liam. It's going to get him some heat. We're all about we're all about just. <laughs> it's going to get him some heel heat. Yes, that's it's it's old school. We're get we're getting heat. We're just always getting heat. That's why that's why Jinder Mahal will be the champion for six years. Just look up. Think of all the heat he's going to garner as champion. Except you also want him to be a good guy in India. I don't know. That one gets complicated. But, sure. um, yeah, I mean, it's it was – yeah, that doll thing was just weird and dumb. And then, like, last week they announced they were bringing back the uh, the U.S. Open Challenge. And AJ Styles wrestled Ty Dillinger for, like, two minutes. It was a fun two minutes. Uh, and then this week AJ just did commentary while Ty wrestled Baron Corbin. So we didn't even get, like, a – good six-minute AJ Styles match. It's like, you remember, like, when Cena did the U.S. Open Challenge, that was the, the highlight of Raw every week for, like, six months. Like, yeah, just, Cena had be like, random, like, three-and-a-half-star matches with random dudes. Right, and it was like, okay, yeah, the main event is, like, Randy Orton and somebody against Seth and J&J Security every week, and it sucks, and it's boring and repetitive. 
But hey, every week John Cena is going to have a good 15, 20 minute match. So like that was like a thing to look forward to. And they couldn't even keep it going with AJ for more than a week. Um, <laughs> and you know what? On a show where we, and it's not like we didn't have time for that. Or, uh, hey, last week, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable debuted as a tag team. They had a really fun match. You know what we could have used on this match, on this show, would be like a really fun match. Uh, just one. Just <laughs> one, like, instead of Dolph talking for 10 minutes, or the Natalia and Carmella match, or the 14 Shane McMahon segments. Like, you know what we could have used? Like, one really fun, energetic uh wrestling match would have been cool but we didn't get that no no the main event i would say the main event was fun but it was definitely not like this fast-paced kind of cool car crash kind of match that like i like the main event but i didn't love it and i I like both those guys as workers and i made a point to tune in this smackdown this week because i was excited to see nakamura and randy orton and i was punished for tuning in Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the main event itself was fine. Um, the it was pretty standard fare for a Randy Orton WWE main event. But you can't, uh, of course, the, one one thing you can say you can't say they're not trying with Nakamura. I mean, except for the part where they had Jinder beat him and make him look like an idiot. That's but, true, but they, he has beaten Cena and Orton clean. That's fair for the most part. For the most part, they've they have tried, and they make a point of pointing out how special he is and. How is you know what what a cool entrance he has and all that stuff. They they have tried and and they do make him they do want to make him a a top guy a big star. So you, you're right about that. The main event was good. It had I will say the the one spot where Orton went for the RKO and Nakamura turned it into an arm bar was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I I thought I thought then when that turned into a triangle and Randy was picking him up out of the triangle. I thought they were going to turn that into an RKO, which no. maybe, <laughs> maybe in the rematch, maybe in the rematch, that's what that'll happen. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was, it was a fine, it was a fine, uh, as you said, above average television match, but coming on the tail end of what was a, a really bad show. Uh, yeah, it was just certainly not enough to save it. And it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, that SmackDown show from from the Ellsworth stuff. I mean, they had Carmella, as you said, break up with James Ellsworth, and they got back, and they just got back together in a random backstage segment. Like, I don't know, twenty like twenty five minutes later, a long Dolph Ziggler promo. Like, there was a lot of stuff where I'm just like, this feels like a personal middle finger to me, and I can't, and I don't think anyone can prove that it wasn't. So. Hey, at least we get seventy-three-year-old Vince McMahon on the show next week. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. And maybe, maybe Kevin will get to like punch him or something, and then and then Shane the Shooter will come out to defend his his decrepit old father's uh, honor or something. Yeah, that's I think that's what's happening. They'll they'll do their millionth like security pull apart brawl in the last six months. Yep. Uh, we've both seen two episodes of the Mae Young Classic. I'm going to assume that we've both seen the first two episodes of the Mae Young Classic. And obviously we haven't gotten to the stuff with uh, Kyrie Sane or Tony Storm yet or some of the, the, the people positioned as stars, uh, at least in the build for the Mae Young Classic. But my impression after two episodes was 
this is good. This is fine. This is not something I need to go out of my way to see. But to just to try to end this program on a somewhat positive note, do you have anything good to say about the Mae Young Classic? Uh, yeah, I really liked the the Shayna Baszler match, and I believe it's in the the main event of the first episode. Um, uh, I like yeah, I like it. The, these tournament shows, it's very similar in presentation to the to the Cruiserweight Classic. They do kind of video packages, you know, before each match on each, you know, little video profiles, one to two minutes long. doesn't take a ton of TV time. Just get over who this person is, where they're from, you know, what, what drives them to, to succeed in pro wrestling. Uh, it's all really simple stuff that I think they could probably use a lot more on the main roster shows. And they just don't for whatever reason. Um, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. Are, are Ross and Lita taking crap for their commentary? Because I, Jr. responds to every negative comment about him on Twitter. He seems pretty thin skin. <laughs> but I thought, you know, obviously Lita's not, you know, Jesse Ventura in his prime or anything. But I really thought that Ross and Lita did a pretty good job. Yeah, I didn't. I I haven't had any real issue with them. Yeah, they're not. You know, it's as far as I know, it's the first time they've ever called a match together. So of course they don't have the the chemistry. That uh, you know that some other broadcast teams have had. Um, you could argue, and I did think maybe they should have done Maro and Lita, just because Maro is probably better at carrying an, an experienced commentator, like he did with Daniel Bryan in last year's Cruiserweight uh, tournament. You could probably make that argument. But as far as as Jaren Lita, I mean, it's a very it's a very conversational style of commentary. Like you know, Jr. will call the match, and then he'll ask. Uh, he'll ask Lita a question. Like, there's one of the matches of one of the luchadors. He just asks, like, Lita, have you ever wrestled on a mask? She said, no, I haven't. Like, and that's, that's fine. And then, they, and then they talked a little bit about, you know, why masks are important to mes- Mexican wrestlers and, and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great. It's, but I don't think it actively takes away from the show either. And that's not always the case when it comes to commentary and wrestling these days. So, as long as you're not actively hurting the product, that's all I really ask for at this point. <laughs> well, we have the live finale of that coming up uh, next week, and uh, we'll try to get all caught up by then. Try to have some more positive stuff to talk about next week. I don't know. That's ugh. we had. This is an emergency episode of the show because SmackDown was so hard this week. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad we got a chance to chat about it, though. That's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to get into this week, Liam? Uh, no, I think we should we should end on a somewhat positive note before before SmackDown the feel the ill feelings from SmackDown drag us back into the abyss. So, for my demonic dog Archie, I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam, and we'll be back next week with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. 
That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I uh, spent two hours walking my dog yesterday, and I spent an hour walking my dog yesterday, and I spent an hour walking my dog today. I spent two hours walking my dog today. This dog is of the devil. <laughs> I, I love his silly face ridiculously, but he has major issues. Yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, he's uh, sedated right now, so uh-huh. hopefully there's there's no noise. And oh. um, I mean, he's on anti-anxiety medication. I'm on anti-anxiety medication. <laughs> <laughs> Those items are unrelated, or maybe they aren't. But <laughs> but uh, hopefully he'll be nice and quiet. That's good. I think it'll be nice for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord Almighty. So I have a pretty phenomenal work story if you have time for it. Yep, let's do it quick because I only like if we spend ten minutes on the show, great. <laughs> great. Um so we have a lot of turnover because we mostly what? hire like eighteen year olds and it's not a fun job. And most eighteen year olds just hear you know. $10 an hour and that's enough for them to want to get the job but then they figure out that you know they expect you to do the job um, and it's not fun so right. like we, so we just go through a lot we just, have this, we just have this new girl start and she seemed like kind of promising at first she was getting a bunch of leads in her first week or so everybody seems pretty happy with her she's, you know kind of annoying but that's you know she's a teenage girl that's kind of Kind of to be expected. Uh, in the job description. So she's. So one day uh, while I was off a couple of weeks ago, she spilled her purse and like a billion pills fell out of it. Oh, no. Um, and uh, I was told this by uh, my manager who was driving in my, in my absence. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So about a, a couple of days ago, or I guess sometime last week, uh, we were driving. We were. And uh, we took her and some of the other uh, people to go use the bathroom nearby. It was like a Rite Aid or something. And she goes in, she uses the bathroom. Me and the manager are just sitting in the uh, sitting in the van. She comes back in. She's like jostling around with something in the back seat, and she's a very large bag of clothing. Okay. All right. 
And she just goes, do you guys mind if I change my pants in here? <laughs> and I don't say anything because I'm not really to put her boss there. So. so I'm just like trying not to look at her. And he says, uh, why? And she says, please don't make me tell you why. And he says, no, you have to go back into the Rite Aid to change your pants. Right. So she pooped her pants. Oh, no. Um, which is, it turns out, one of the pills that she did not recover when, when she spilled all her pills in the, in the van was a, uh, not a laxative per se, but it's something that's supposed to help with constipation. <sighs> and constipation is a side effect of you taking a lot of prescription drugs. Yeah. So that was like the easiest, that was like the easiest, you know, couple of dots to connect ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so, so it was just, this is one of the, it was just very surreal. But, uh, you know, she's still working here. So she's still working <laughs> for the company. Despite of course. Having an accident in her pants at work. <laughs> We're all entitled to a bad day. <laughs> I guess so. Um, it was just, just one of the more... It was funny. I think I posted on Twitter. It's like, you know, someone asking you if you they can change the pants in the van. That's that's pretty funny out of context. And I thought, <laughs> well, actually, even in context, this is pretty ridiculous. So. Sure is. I was just like, all right, I guess we're... <laughs> but, you know, we'll we'll see. So it's just something that happens when you when you work with young adults in the Harford County area. You're gonna generally just run into that. I used to see similar things at the uh at the grocery store and places like that. So it's it's just part of the culture. I don't know. Oh my word. Is it just suburbia, everyone's on pills? I guess. I mean I I don't I I try not to talk to her. <laughs> So, like, I don't know anything about her personal life other than, like, what she says when she talks, which is generally stuff about, like, her boyfriend and her mother and stuff. So, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's that. I think they're easier to get than, uh, for some people, than, uh, less, you know. The more traditional recreational drugs. Yes. So, um, but. Yeah, so it's just it's like okay. Well, this is it's pretty surreal. Just an adult, cool pooping their pants. Just poop the pants. <laughs> well, I'm having a better day than that girl. <laughs> can always there's always the silver lining. Yes, there. At is. the end of your day, you can go, <laughs> "Hey, man, I didn't I didn't poop my pants today." There's always good that comes with the bad. A song is never just sad. There's hope. There's a silver lining. There you go. (laughs) All right, let's get on with this. All right. I try to keep on keeping on.